Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Upili, another episode of Upilile, the podcast with Uzamogushe Nlife. Um, I thought I should really jump on this episode today because I have two amazing guests that I want to join me. And how I want to structure the podcast per month is I want to have two solo episodes, one with, and then one with a guest, and then another relationship episode with a constant guest. So I thought it would take too long for me to have one guest in September and have another guest in October. So why not just jump on this guest today? Because we're ready, we're relevant. Um, so today we'll be talking about the middleman. Now, I just want to give you guys my background story on my role of a, as a middleman in my family. So um, in my family, on my father's side, there is quite a strained relationship between my dad and my grandmother. It has been that way for as long as I can remember. So what has happened over the years is that I've taken, I've taken up the role of being the peacemaker or the peacekeeper. And what does this look like? It looks like me going to my grandmother's house, having to listen to all the toxic the entire like all the toxic perspective and things that she has to say about my dad and then keeping a neutral mind then going to visit my dad and having to listen to him not speak well of his mom and keeping a neutral side on both on both sides so that I'm able to freely visit my grandmother because she's family and freely visit my dad because he's my dad it's a very tiring 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 role to play and I actually wanted to make this an open conversation with someone else who has a story of their own but in the same in the same topic of being a middleman so today's guest is Unonjabulo was I supposed to say your name okay wait I'll have you introduce yourself but I want to give you guys our story she is she had, we have been friends for the past three and a half years and we have bonded over um, awareness, awareness of our family dynamics and actually daily trying to work through them. So she will introduce herself and she will give us her background story on being the middleman. Hi guys, um, my name is Nunjabolo, as Zamuwile has said. Um, thank you. For taking the time to listen to this podcast today and I hope you do gain something after listening to it. Um, I am the second child of um, four children um, but I'm kind of semi sometimes the firstborn and sometimes the secondborn. Um, yeah, um, I think I've had to be the middleman for literally every sibling, especially between them and my mom. But yeah, Okay, um, please, please go deeper, Papa, uh, in terms of, because currently we're not speaking about being the middleman in a healthy, healthy sense. So how has being a middleman between your siblings, just give us a background story on okay. being a middleman between your siblings and whichever parents and how that has planned out and its effect on you as a person okay firstly i think i've 
noticed that I've been playing that role. I've only um, realized it recently. And um, actually something that's been happening for <laughs> a very long time. Um, and I think um, one of the biggest things, because like lack of communication that um, happens in black homes, especially. Um, and it's in the small things, literally, from the time I grew up. I remember when I was a kid, I would literally do everything um, for my brother. Because um, especially when we went to the same school, I'd take him to school, I'd um, walk him back home, all of that. I was literally everything for him. And I think it started like that. It was like those small, small things. And it literally built up to bigger things, especially when he got to high school, when um started having issues. I think it was um, adolescence stage. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom didn't know how to um, react to that. So I was literally having to just be the middle ground for both of them. It's okay. I try to understand where he's coming from and try to communicate with that with mom and then also explain to him how mom feels about this, you know. Um, I don't know if it makes sense. Yes, you are making sense. Yeah. You are making a lot of sense. Um, why did you feel it necessary to play the middleman or the peacemaker? I think... Firstly, like I said, like I only notice it now, something that's been happening, but I think it's also like just wanting that um that that peace in the house mm-hmm. to a certain degree and Do you think the peace is your responsibility? I think I, um okay, like I said at the in the beginning that I was kind of like a deputy parent, um so I was actually taking care of everyone, having to communicate everything with everyone. Um I kind of to like, I made it my responsibility since I got that role already, and um, especially when my sister came to move in with us, but she came at a later stage, then I had to move to second child mm-hmm. and not the firstborn anymore. But understanding that she didn't live with my mom for so long, so now I have to make her see how mom sees stuff and also make my mom see how she sees things. Mm-hmm. So when I'm talking to my mom. I have to defend my sister. When I'm talking to my sister, I have to defend my mom. So it mm-hmm. always seemed I was like the bad person in both stories. Yeah. But at the same time, I was literally just trying to get them both to see what's actually, you know, we'd all trying, all have the same goal, all want to live in peace. And I think it was also for, I took it upon myself because I was caught in the middle. Okay. So to a certain degree, it was like, I have to do it because I'm affected. So for my sake as well, it's not just for them. For mm-hmm. my sake as well, I wanted to just have that peace. I definitely feel you. So in 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 the case where you speak about you were affected as well, what would have happened had you just sat them both down and said, okay, guys, this is that. How about everyone starts dealing with their problems? I'm not like um trying to make anyone seem like a bad person, but like mm-hmm. I said at the beginning, in black homes you do not talk. Maybe with my sister, I think it would have been better since she's younger, nineties kids, twenty first century. Like we see things a little differently. But with my mom, we should advise you grew up in a home whereby. Parents would goes nothing else. Yeah. Know? So it would have been way harder for her. And I think she really would have, to a certain degree, feel, have felt attacked. Because she's a very quiet person. So once we start talking. Now, I don't think I wanted to put her in that situation. Mm-hmm. And um, I think for her, my mom was very close with my, her dad. Like, they were best friends. So I think in her head, to a certain degree, 
um, the person that you talk to, as child talks to, is the father. So when it has to be her, it's like, uh, you know, because she was, she never spoke to her mom. They were good, mm-hmm. but the person she spoke to the most was her dad. So now to tell her 40 years later that actually in this situation, we kind of need to talk to you was mm-hmm. kind of, I, I don't think it would have made sense to her. I get you. I definitely yeah. get you. I definitely yeah. get you because you build. You build habits. And I mean, this is like 40-year habits. It doesn't just... It, it's kind of hard to have someone understand that... Yeah. And, and can you please try to see it differently? differently. It's kind of a hard thing to do. Yeah. And how I wanted to expand on that is in my own story in terms of having a conversation with the person who is... Um, the people that I'm middlemaning between because I'm still living in an age where I'm being provided for. It's, it's kind of, it, 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 that, that, that adds another element of making it more difficult because Ufunda, you're schooling with my money. Um, you're living under my roof, you're eating my food. And then you're telling me to relationship with my mom in this manner, Yabon. I think still being under the hand of your parents makes it harder to have that conversation, to have that open conversation. And I mean, obviously we all know like your parents' behaviors and attitudes and how they possibly will even receive that news. Some of us know that if I sat my parents down, for the mere fact that they both have similar personalities and they're both strong-headed and they both want to be right and they both want things to go a certain way, having that conversation with them at this point in time, I, I don't feel like we'd, <laughs> it would yield well or give, give us good returns. It would not at all. So right now I feel like it's, it's a matter of you finding a way in which to deal with it. Yeah. To deal with it. Because I think with, with, with my mom as well, my mom does this thing of like literally just shutting down sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think it will, oh, number one would be that. And you know, when mom is not okay, literally the whole house is not okay. That. Number two, I think she's a very, I don't know how I can explain this, but in everything, she always like, sometimes when she has an argument with someone, she'd be like, did I do any, like, she'll tell you the story and then she'll ask, what did I do? So she always looks to herself. So I fear as well, she'd be like, oh, shit, I don't know how to parent. I, I've, mm-hmm. I've, all these years I've been raising you guys. So you don't think that my parenting skills are the right ones. And mm-hmm. I think it was also hard because my sister came to us when she was an adult. So she too had certain ways she did things. Yeah. So, and also, in as much as she was still young, more open-minded, but harder to make us see that actually, you know, this is how we should try going about things. But in everything, it was just like, oh, I'm, I'm being, um, I'm being not abused. I feel like I'm being offended in, okay. in this case. Yeah. So I think, I, I guess I was just mindful most, more than anything, I was mindful of their feelings and how they would feel. Okay. Having been mindful of their feelings, because I feel like that's what we do. Middle, that's... That's that's the that's the middleman's job. That's the definition of a middleman. When do you mind your feelings, and how does it affect you 
in being? I think I'm grateful for our friendship because it's kind of it brought us to that awareness and just maybe also a relationship with God is does help to a certain degree because God tells you, fam, like you need to sort that out, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think before that, I think, and you know this, it affects other relationships. It does. Especially romantic relationships. (laughs) Like, it It will affect your romantic relationships so much. You will do things. And, like, to you, it's so normal. Very normal. To you, it's such a thing. It's it's like, oh, you know, it's whatever. You know, it's how things are done. You know, and um, there's this quote by um, um, Maya Angelou that um, I heard from Oprah and I, when you know better, you do you better. You do better. But when you don't know better, you, you just do what you know. <laughs> you do what you know. You do your defaults. You do exactly. Yeah. Literally, that is what it is. A default. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. And it's just, it, it's harmful because now, like, not everyone will understand. And when you try to explain to them, people will hear you, mm-hmm. but it's hard to understand something that you've never you've been never through. You've never been through. And it also comes off, I in relationships, it also comes off as an excuse. It does. Like, Oh my gosh, you girl, you've been using this excuse though. But with with time, you constantly become more aware of things. And the fact that, oh, okay, gashe, gashe, not in a normal household. I don't want to say in a normal one, yeah. but in a healthier yes. household. <laughs> people don't actually do that. They don't. People actually communicate about things. People confront each other. There's no need to. Hmm confront so and so through me and I have to yeah. now go speak on your behalf and that person retaliates through me then I have to go back to you in healthy families people actually <laughs> they actually converse they do. so it only then do you begin to recognize especially if you have good friendships good friendships where there are different dynamics in their homes you realize would see oh oh okay because if you don't have connections where you can see that and be aware of that, that there's something different yeah. out there. There's a different solution. You don't have to always follow this default. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it, it becomes a, a, an opportunity for you to be aware of it and to actually start working on it. Mm. Now, Kona, sometimes you can work on it. Something I've realized, you can work on it on your, like by yourself. But then the problem, because there's levels of working on something, you can work on something by yourself. But when you get into a relationship, now not just a, a yeah, romantic yeah. relationship, but a relationship, there's also a level of working on it in a relationship. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. You, you have to apply the knowledge. Apply the knowledge. And send the person. And sometimes even recognize it. Because sometimes I don't recognize it. I'm just like, you know, you're just doing and you're doing and you're doing. And you have, when someone makes you aware of it, you have to go back and go back and go back and check. Where is this coming from? And that's the thing. It's that, number one, you can't beat yourself about it. Because literally, okay, I recognize at the age of 20. <laughs> it's too near happening. It is. So it it's, is. It's, it literally takes so much, firstly, to say, tell yourself, okay, it's not the right thing. Mm-hmm. And then work on it. It's not a matter of... Because I remember I was talking to this other person the other day. And I'm not going to say any names. But I told, they said um, something happened and then... They're like, no, you can't do that because now you're saved. That's not how things are done. Mm-hmm. They said it as if it's such a something that you wake up in the morning, I'm safe now, swish. I do this. And it's mm-hmm. not like, it, literally, you're so used to it being, and you, it's literally a process, and you can't start doing it that way if you haven't healed. 
exactly from whatever happened exactly so you need to heal from it first and then start changing because literally it's still like a wound that's still there and you kind of take care you've been taking care of it for all these years so mm-hmm. you're always going to go back to it it's like oh it's still there, it's still there. and also and also in the terms of being a middleman as i was saying earlier on that i'm still under the hand of my father so it's something to deal with something and still have to go back and live in it literally while you've dealt with it yeah it's it's hard because for me how it it affects me it becomes it becomes heavy you know now i i I minimize time i spend at my grandmother's i minimize time i spend at my dad's i visit them and you don't want to because they're family they're family you really want to build this connection but because out of habit and out of all these years of playing middleman you're just like Okay, I've learned about this and I'm trying to heal from it. So you end up av- avoiding those people, which is not the best of solutions. But for me, that's currently what I am doing because I'm like, okay, this is quite toxic. And for me, I need a lot of detoxing afterwards. You know, I've been listening to this because it's very hard to listen to someone being bashed that you love and then having to move and talk to them yeah. immediately. It, it, it leaves an impression in your mind. And now you have to go, Speak to them like nothing is wrong. Like you haven't heard anything bad yeah. about them. So it's, it's, it's an ongoing process. But to wrap up things, how do you feel like... Because when you have learned something um, and you have, or you've come to the awareness of something, you begin to recognize how it, how it can or how it has served you or how it continues to serve you. Yeah. Because I believe... Yes, something may be a bad thing, but in terms of your journey, in terms of your purpose, how has it made you better? Um, you know how I used how busy I used to be when I got to varsity, was doing something, mm-hmm. organizations, and at some point I was leadership position for one of them. Mm-hmm. I think it helped me with communication. Mm-hmm. I did not realize how much a role that played because okay, you have to listen. Firstly you listen mm-hmm. and you don't just talk over them. You don't just say, Hey, this is how it's supposed to be done, but you listen to how they feel mm-hmm. and um, find a solution around that. So it's helped me a lot, <clears throat> excuse me, with communication. Mm-hmm. And then another thing with the whole, um, still being in the situation, but you heal from it. Um, so I think this year, especially it's when like, Sorry, guys, I'm Christian. So um, it's something I've been doing with God mm-hmm. a lot, like the healing process. So at first, I'm like, okay, I'm doing this. God's like, you need to heal from this. Mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. We're healing from this. And then me, I expect that I'm healing from this. So everyone else doesn't matter. <laughs> like, yeah. I gotta be. And then like people will come to me like, Ninja, I'm not okay. I'm like, how about God? Like, I'm still busy. I'm busy. I'm busy on me. I'm working. Excuse me. So Stop right there. I'm like, okay, fine. I put my emotions aside because that's what I've been doing all my life. Put my emotions aside. I tend to the person and, oh, damn, I can catch feelings quite quickly. So if you tell me a sucky story, I'll be there crying with you. I'm like, oh my gosh, no way. Yeah. That's why I don't like going to funerals and all of that ish because I, it's like, I can get so emotional. But recently, I remember this one evening remember when i deleted whatsapp yeah for three days like that was like my detoxing i was like time away and then i remember the day i came back and then i was like okay and then two people texting me with like sucky stories <laughs> i was like okay cool yeah 
I stop your stories. I'm okay, cool. I'm listening. I'm rising. We talk. We finish. Another one texts me. And then the fourth person texted me. I was about to send a text. I'm like, fam, I can't do this. I'm already taking time. And then I was like, no. Mm-hmm. We have grown. We are uh, Listening to them does not mean I don't have to take care of me. Mm-hmm. And I've learned how to do both simultaneously. Okay. How, how to... I still take care of my... I listen to you. I don't... It's not my story. But I'm still... I'm As your friend, I'm going to be supportive. I'm going to be there and mm-hmm. do everything that you need me to be and pray for you even. But I did not sidetrack myself. I did not put my emotions aside. I still take care of me when I need to, if that makes sense. It does. It does. It does. It does. It does. We have reached the end of our conversation. Thank you so much. Did you blow? <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as we have. You've enjoyed the conversation? I did. I did. It's shorter <laughs> than our normal ones. <laughs> <laughs> pretty short. Pretty short. But um, we hope that you guys have learned and gained something from it. Um, and we'll be releasing, I'll be releasing, um, the next podcast next week, Saturday. Um, stay tuned in, do share this with your friends. I'll appreciate that. Heidi, thank you for your time. Goodbye.